fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody and welcome to Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Oil Street Journal. Act as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy titles, and all that other good stuff. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. We got our week 14 preview show. This is almost certainly your last regular season week of fantasy. Some of you guys have already got it locked up. Some of you guys are long since dead. And some of y'all are fighting for your lives right now. So this might be the most important show you listen to all year or watch all year or whatever. Well, I'm doing good. Like you said, the stakes are as high as can be. I'm actually weirdly in a place this week where I've got kind of locked up. I'm in the playoffs in most of my leagues. A couple of leagues I'm still fighting for the buy. I've got like two where I'm just dead. I got five or seven. I'm definitely going to make it. And one or two of those I'm fighting for the buy. But my main league, I'm in that kind of no man's land where I've made it but I can't get the buy at this point. So the stakes right. feel a little bit lower than they probably should. And then I still have a, a bunch on the line, though, in my other league. So I can get jacked up for all that. And we got some crazy news already coming in. And that's typically when this show starts to get off the, the, the rails here. And I'm pumped for it. That's why I poured myself a nice stiff 10% IPA. It's not good. It's not good at all. But, hey, it's gasoline, and we need some gasoline tonight for all the Madison versus Cook versus whatever fucking questions we're going to get tonight, baby. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're actually, look at us, we're starting early. We started 10 minutes before okay. our usual start time, and that is so hopefully we don't have to rush like crazy to answer all you guys' questions. We can give you guys a little bit more attention uh, to those sit starts and, and won't have to go rapid fire. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we manage our time a little better. So uh, keep the comments, keep the questions coming, and we've given ourselves a cushion. Let's see if it does us any good. Before we get into the action, and we do have a lot of action, give us a like, give us a love. Whatever currency your social media platform deals in, we want it. So fork it over. Um, you ready to get into things? Hell yeah, guys. Thanks for being here again. We already got almost 20 questions right off the top here. Love to hear it. We'll get through all this news as fast as we can. As Nat was saying, we gave ourselves an extra 10 minutes to try to make sure. We always get the rapid fire. And last week was the first time we actually didn't get everything in right on time. Uh, so we wanted to go at least a little early. So the rapid fire, we can still get to all you guys, even if we can't go in depth on them all. As always, too, that super chat is an option. Uh, you can talk, talk to us now, but we'll probably miss it until we get to the questions because it's kind of tough to interrupt the flow of the show. Uh, but that is a, an option to get right to the top, guarantee yourself an in-depth answer. But the easy free way to always support the site is that thumbs up button, is sharing us out, getting us out to more people. And if you haven't already subbed and liked uh, and all that good stuff. So appreciate it, though, Wolfpack. Thanks for spending your Thursday here. We're pumped to count down. Pretty, pretty interesting fantasy game tonight. We'll dive into that news now. Right. We got the Vikings. We got the Steelers. And the big news, of I mean, the big news, I don't even know if it's news, but it's the big question is Dalvin Cook. Is he going to go? Is he not going to go? The plan, supposedly, is for him to return for this game, uh, barring any setbacks of pregame warm-up. So we're just going to have to like kind of sit and wait on that. And hopefully during the course of this show, hopefully we'll get a definitive answer one way or another. Uh, he's a game time decision. Basically, that's what it's at. Where is your head at? How do you feel about this right now? Oh, man, I have Cook. And honestly, I wish he almost would just sit because it's like so much easier when it's oh, yeah. top five running back. When it's fully healthy Cook, top five running back. I just want that. But now we're getting the whole, you know, he's regained strength and range of motion. If Cook's out there, you, you got to think he's pretty close to full-time Cook. He did practice limited fashion in back-to-back -back days, so he's been out there. He's been getting most of the first-team reps, in, and it seems like the quote-unquote plan is for him to be out there. And if Cook's in there, you, you got to have him in. It's kind of one of those classic situations, the dreaded, like, always play your studs. Keenan Allen kicked us in the balls with this situation last year, but I think Dalvin Cook's on, like, a different level of stud because a wide receiver, like, if he's not right, you're just not going to throw it to him. Your running back's back there. I can't imagine them putting Cook in there and, as a decoy. You don't use a running back as a decoy. It's just a whole different position in my, uh, you know, that's well, how I feel about it. So if he's out there, I think he's in. I think he's right back into my top 10-ish running backs. And Alexander Madison kind of goes back. I imagine they'll use him a little bit more than usual. So he might not be completely useless, 
But overall, I, I mean, he would be much more of a fringe play, whereas Dalvin Cook would be the guy you have to get in lineups. That's my opinion of it. What do you think, Nat? This, there's so many ways this could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, my, my opinion is, like, I'm glad that I'm not a Cook owner because I would be probably processing things exactly the same way that you are. And I'm not worried about them putting him in the game and not using him. I'm worried about them giving him, like, 12 snaps or something like that. I mean, that, that's that's what I'm worried about. What so, would be the point of activating him there, though? Like, really? Like, you're going to do that? Oh, and, and Toons, our, our insider, always texting me live on the show. According to Schefter, Cook is going to get his full load. Oh, baby. So okay. that could make things a lot easier. Of course, there's always the risk of Cook gets hit on the knee, the, wrong, the, the shoulder, right? The wrong way, the first play of the game, and now he's knocked out. That's always the big risk. But our good friend of the podcast, Adam Schefter, one one time listener, yep. one time on the show, does say full workload coming for Dalvin Cook. So that makes things. I believe lot it when I see it. There's still so many ways this could go wrong. Um, if I have Cook, I'm playing him, but I'm nervous as hell. I know, and I was just gonna say, like, Keenan Allen came out. Of, the words came out of his mouth: "Start me, play me in fantasy." Right. So, like, the guy himself told us to play him, and he was a complete dud. Never mind Adam Schefter, the mouthpiece, uh, being the 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 words here. So it could go, you know, all which ways. But now knowing that, you know, a, a, the most tapped in man is saying he's going to get his full workload if he's going. And he is a, a, just about at this point, I think it's confirmed now that Cook is, if, if Adam Schefter's tweeting, he's okay. in getting his full workload. You can bench, you can pencil that out right on in there uh, and that he's in. So I'm bumping Cook up. I had him at 13 on like the hypothetical. Is it going to be a split thing because he's a little bit dinged up or not? Now that we know he's in and probably getting his full workload, he's up to my running back five. Okay. Hail Mary. I don't know. I might be going nuts here, but it's Dalvin cook on a full workload. Like th there's nothing better than that. So if I'm assuming he's ready to go, they certainly have a lot on the line here, the Vikings. So it's not like they have nothing to play for. I'm now bumping Madison down below Jamal Williams at running back 26. So Madison now becomes my running back 27 sandwich between Williams and Donta Foreman. I do think he might see a little bit more work than usual, but this is this is probably going to be the Dalvin Cook show. I know we spent a, a good amount of time on this to kind of ease on in, but it's uh, the big story. He's of the a night. marquee this guy. Is, it's not this the worst thing to talk about. Uh, the the last other uh, Monday night or Thursday night news: Adam Thielen, who remember they had like one catch for zero yards and then got hurt early last yeah. week. He is out for this game. The significance there is that you might have an increased streaming appeal for like a Tyler Conklin, uh, Conklin or KJ Osborne. Yeah, Osborne in particular, I, I really like the kid. Uh, when he's gotten seven or more targets, he's really stepped up to the plate. Uh, he had one dud game, but all other, it's only happened five times. So 80% of the time, he was a top 30 receiver when he saw seven or more targets. You know, three of those five, he scored touchdowns and was a top 20 wide receiver. The Pittsburgh secondary is giving up the ninth most points to wide receivers. I think Osborne's in a great spot tonight. We got a lot of questions on him on my ranking show yesterday. And the, the, the tricky part is it's like, questions where people are waiting to find out things that happen on Sunday. And I, I don't have the crystal ball to know if player XYZ is going to be out and suddenly hasty is a great stream. I, I don't know that. And so I want to go with what I do know. Osborne's in a big elevated role tonight. And when he gets targets, he produces and he's in a good matchup. I would probably just roll those dice and get the stream in there rather than wait it out for a hasty and, and have, you know, then multiple people are back in and, and it just becomes a clusterfuck. I don't want that. I like what Osborne's bringing to the table. And even if I might like someone a little bit more on Sunday, if all the hypotheticals go right, I'm just going to go with the sure thing that I know I enjoy tonight. And that's Osborne. I think he's a great streamer. I love him at like 5,400 in showdown slates. I think everybody's going to love him at that price point. Uh, I'm, I'm firing him up. And yeah, as you mentioned, Conklin too. He's one of my higher tight ends. We'll talk about in higher, lower Hail Mary, but nine targets last week with Thielen out. I think both those guys Fire them on up for Thursday night. Get them on in your showdown lineups. I think fire those guys up. And, of course, as we talked about, Schefter, full workload for Dalvin Cook. Just want to reiterate that you have to put him in. You have to get him in, and I think Madison sends him to the bench. All right, we're heading to the Sunday news. I mean, this is stuff that we found out throughout the week. This stuff could obviously change before Sunday. But a lot of these are relevant guys that you're going to be thinking about starting or not. So this is the latest we have on those people. Um, we're going to fly through, then we're going to do some higher, lower Hail Mary, just like we yeah, always we do on this show. We better show. fly that so we don't get any more salty texts from the uh, the bald man himself over there. He's like <laughs> we don't uh, want him fuming over here. <laughs> he's like the uh, the Wizard of Oz hologram, the big yeah. green head floating, <laughs> monitoring us. Um, 
All right. Anyway, let's get into it. Ravens coach John Harbaugh said that they're going to be implementing a more up-tempo and no-huddle offense. Uh, and they're saying that is, that is, quote, unquote, definitely on the table for the team moving forward. So if you're looking for an absolutely meaningless soundbite, that's what I just delivered to start the show. <laughs> it's on the table. Whether they'll do it or not, who knows? It just it, – Lamar's been so pathetic lately, and this offense has been so abysmal. I mean, he hasn't been a top-ten quarterback for three straight weeks. You just hope they reinvigorate it and bring some life to this offense because they were dominant for some real stretches early in the season. It's gross. Uh, and, and I hope that on the table becomes serving it to a, a silver platter, force-feeding it to Lamar. We will see. Taysom Hill practiced in full. I know the mallet finger, the dreaded mallet finger of this season – has been having a lot of owners concerned that he might be knocked out early or not get the full workload, but practicing in full, I'm imagining he's going to be off the injury report at this rate. And it's not as severe as what Russell Wilson is. So any of that hesitancy, I don't think you have to worry about because anyways, his legs are the more important asset. He ran for a hundred yards last week and now he gets the worst rushing D in the league. Sign me right up. In fact, I get a lot. I've been getting asked in that Lamar Jackson versus Taysom Hill. I have them right next to each other in my rankings, and I don't know which way I would. I asked you last week. I said I'm going to be asking you Taysom Hill, Matt Stafford, and you were like, "Oh, Stafford." I mean, I I noticed you have Hill like four spots higher on your rankings. And I'm going. I'm going Taysom Hill. I've gotten that question in the DMs quite a bit this week. Going Taysom Hill. Oh yeah. I think that my team is such a disaster this week. Anyway, I'm probably going to go with Hill just because I think it's really, really unlikely that I'm going to win. I've already clinched the playoffs. You know, I got. Mitchell, maybe out. I got Mike Williams unvaccinated being around freaking Keenan Allen, who's got the COVID. Uh, I might just mix things up this week and, and play for the playoffs. Right. Exactly. Cause you're either, you're already a sinking ship. So he's yeah. either like the um, anchor that just torpedoes you down even further. Cause if things can go wrong, they can go real wrong. Or he's like the guy that just somehow like gets under the boat and lifts it back up and does a Herculean effort. Cause he does have 30 point upside against the Jets. Sure. He really does. So sure. I think you definitely fire him up. I, Let's I'm, go. Take some hell, baby. I'm going to do it. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like bad, like Tony Jones bad. It's just like, I'm no. like yeah, this probably won't work. Nothing will Whatever. ever be that bad. Um, anyway, uh, good news, everybody. Mike Glennon is officially moving in the right direction <laughs> to start Sunday's game against the Chargers. So those of you that were losing sleep over that, fret no more. He's moving in the right direction. I, Mo- I, I moving on to great. running backs. I'd like to say it's an upgrade for Barkley and whoever's standing at wide receiver, but it's, it's Glennon. Not. So fire up your Chargers defense is really what that comes down to. Yep. If that's the best option, good Lord. Running back, Alvin Kamara practicing in full after getting a full on Wednesday. And now there's no Mark Ingram because he's in the COVID list, or most likely there's not going to be Mark Ingram. So you got Alvin Kamara. And also, I, I put it down here on the bottom, but Ty Montgomery now also on the COVID list as well. So really, it's just Alvin Kamara and Tony Jones. And I don't know that you can hand the ball to Tony Jones ever again in your life if you're the Saints. So we could be seeing 25 carries for Alvin Kamara fresh off the IR against the Jets. Against the Jets. I want to keep reiterating the Jets. This could be 40-point burger upside. I can't wait to see what Kamara does in his first game back against the Jets. Yeah, I'm going against Kamara this week. So, Oh, God. Um, good luck. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. He's anyway, um, speaking of awful for me, Eli Mitchell underwent an MRI on his knee this week. He's also dealing with irritation in conjunction with his con- con- concussion that he's also suffering for from. Uh, he was not at the practice, uh, the part of practice that was open to the media on Thursday. Uh, it's seeming like he's not going to play, although we've been there before with Eli Mitchell. And uh, if he can play, he will play. Uh, so and I'm out there, you know, Shanahan's given him 30 touches. The sure. tricky part is this is a four o'clocker. So, you know, you probably need to have hasty or God forbid, Jeff Wilson, part three. Nah, uh, you know, you have to have some sort of contingency plan if you are going to wait, wait it out there for Eli Mitchell. But this one does seem like it is trending towards out, but it is also a must win game. So you never right. know. It he really is. Go, and he, you know, he's going to try to go. He's as tough uh-huh. as they come. So he's, he's going to want to be out there. It's just going to come down to the doctors. We will see. Daryl Henderson, limited in Thursday's practice. Sean McVay offering one of the least helpful quotes, saying, Sony Michelle is a great rhythm runner, and we got to keep getting him in a rhythm. But also, Daryl Henderson, such an integral part to our team that he will remain our future back, too. What the fuck does that mean? Thanks, Sean McVay. Really helpful. Very clear picture as what this backfield's going to be. Honestly, it might be a dreaded committee. His, they both, like, when they're the, the one guy, they're top 12. Now that it could be a committee, it could get ugly. So I, I'm a little bit skeptical of this backfield heading into the weekend. Yeah, I think, by the way, I think the Rams are going to get lit up 
by the Cardinals. They could. It's worth. I think it's interesting that you have Cup as your number one. I think that speaks to like what a high floor this guy has. Oh yeah, which is true. I mean, he'll do nothing, and then it's like, oh, he got nineteen points or something. He's like earned that. it. Yeah, he had zero in the first half last week, and then ended up with nineteen in like three drives. And you're just like, well, there he is. There's Cooper Cup. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I I, I I suspect the Rams will get pounded in this game. We'll see. Uh, speaking on Thursday, Melvin Gordon, and this is right from the horse's mouth, dealing with a hip injury. He told reporters, "I feel like I'll be able to go on Sunday, so put it in the bank, folks." Yeah, <laughs> yay, great stuff. Javante owners, you know, Williams owners, crying, myself included, just For sure. Because they clearly, every time Gordon's out there, it's been at like 50-50. There was only a couple times Javante even saw more work than Gordon. You, you imagine just the, the uncaging of this animal. They can't put him back in, right? Well, well, we'll wait and see. I do love that that Gordon added. He, he understands fantasy football players aren't excited about this. Well, thank you. I wrote a world writing on, on the blurb. Well, it's good to feel understood. Yeah, we, we sure are. Like it, just so I feel ridiculous. seen. I feel heard. Yeah, thank you, Melvin. We, yeah. we, you, I'm glad you know that we all hate you in fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Go ahead. J.D. McKissick. Oh, up. yeah, yeah, you read that one. Sorry. McKissick participated in individual drills at Thursday's practice. He's listed as limited. It does hurt Antonio Gibson a little bit, but even with McKissick on the field in those first two games after the bye, we saw Gibson leading the NFL in carries. He's still going to be the workhorse. They've had positive scripts throughout these last three games. That is the, the concern here. We'll talk about a little bit more in higher, lower Hail Mary. I do think McKissick could be involved, given how good that Dallas offense is. If they find themselves down early, it's going to flip things because everything's been perfect for Gibson these last few weeks. McKissick being back doesn't help things at, at this point. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy is hopeful that Tony Pollard is going to be able to play. He sprained his ankle, I believe, on a 58-yard touchdown run and has not been able to play or practice since then. Um, we'll see what happens. This looks like it is trending towards yet another dreaded game time decision. I know you have Zeke and Pollard right next to each other in your rankings. Yeah. And I might have to adjust that because it just came out. It's a torn plantar fasciae, which yeah. apparently it's better when it's torn instead of partially torn. It's less oh, painful. And well, you, good. you know, yeah, <laughs> for whatever reason, I have no doctor. I don't know why uh, you don't feel it as much. According to Tony Pollard himself, once you tear it, it heals better. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things, though, you have to either play through. It's not It heals in months, not weeks. So it's not like they can just rest him and he's going to suddenly be better. It's just a pain tolerance thing. I'm imagining it could sap him of some of that speed that makes him so invaluable. Uh, Zeke's going to have to get a bump up to the ranking as sluggish as he's looking. Just a banged-up, gross backfield right now. It sucks because Tony Pollard really looked like he was about to explode. Uh, we mentioned Ty Montgomery already. So the last running back we want to cover is Chase Edmonds returning from injured reserve. Most likely he's been designated to return. It opens that 21-day window. The risk here is he plays on Monday night. And so it's also the risk that his first game back. I wouldn't be starting him yet, but it is good. He's still, I saw him get dropped. He's out there in about 30% of leagues right now. Check your waiver wire. Should he be out there? Definitely worth a stash to see what happens here. But it is the Connor show anyways. Um, but he's worth rostering, no doubt about it. As we go to wide receivers, give us a like if you haven't already. If you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Do it. Come on, baby. Um, Debo Samuel has been dealing with this groin injury. He worked out on the side during the media portion of Thursday's practice, probably just like a stunt so the media could see him. It's not looking great for him to play against the Bengals this week. Um, don't count on it, basically. You realize Samuel has the second highest average points a game behind Cooper Cup. For oh, yeah, he's been an absolute monster. One of the studs of the league. Um, so ultimately – yeah, it would be a huge blow to owners trying to fight for the playoff spots without this absolute stud. And again, the four o'clock game, you have to have a backup plan ready if you're going to be waiting it out for him. Shanahan's been optimistic all week about his status, but Shanahan's also the biggest liar in the NFL. So yeah, yeah I, I would say questionable at best, trending towards doubtful. Friday will be a huge decider. So make sure you check this. But if you listen to the podcast Friday morning, check this news later on in the day. Choking down that 10% uh, beer there. Wolf, it's like hurt. Struggling it, with that last. Somebody just paid me a super chat so I can chug this thing. Like, <laughs> Christy, you deal. Where are you at? I know you put you, it you out there, folks. Yeah, <laughs> we'll throw Sweet. it out there. I just want this thing gone. It's it's gasoline. It's hurting really bad. Uh, I'll probably dirty. puke if I chug it. Actually, so I don't know if I want that. We'll find out. Elijah Moore did not participate in practice. That's two straight do not practices for him. That's concerning. And he's got a, a nice solid matchup. Should he be in? He is the wide receiver one. Since week eight, after having a nice game with Zach Wilson, next week seems like they're finally getting on the same page, and now he's hurt. Uh, it's a quad injury, so make sure you're monitoring his status. He'd be the target hog with Corey Davis now done for the year. Should he be out? 
that maybe Jamison Crowder could be a decent Hail Mary flex for you guys. Mike McCarthy filled with huge quotes today. He was asked if Amari Cooper would be ready for a full workload in week 14. And his response was, I have no reason to think he's not. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> very clear. Very clear. I, I, I heard this stat in a podcast that I love, the uh, Osmo matchup columns for DFS purposes. Great show. He's had one double-digit target game since week one. Yeah. Six, four, five, three. He's been abysmal. He's not getting used right now. And he always will have one of those games where Dak locks onto him and throws it to him 16 times and he goes bananas. Maybe this is that week. Washington, your bottom three against wide receivers could be. So Maybe it's not. always so tough to sit him. He's just like a guy we're going to talk about right now. Chargers wide receivers, Mike Williams, a close contact with Keenan Allen. And so both of these guys are completely up in the air. We do know that Keenan Allen is vaccinated. He has a Mike isn't time. though. What's that? Mike's not though. But Mike is not. No, not at all. So if Mike does end up testing positive, he would be out for the next two weeks. Um, ultimately, right now, he's been testing negative and he's just a close contact. So they're playing it safe. It seems like he might be trending towards in, same as Keenan Allen. But should these guys both miss, Jalen Guyton, next man up coming off a 90-yard day. I think anybody as the number one for Justin Herbert, even if there are nobody like Jalen Guyton, actually has some value, especially when you're facing a team like the Giants. So Stash him on up. If you're waiting for either of these two wide receivers, stash Jalen Guyton, put him on the bench. And if you missed on him, maybe even Joshua Palmer as a potential option. Certainly a situation we got to be tracking moving forward, though. I apologize in advance for the fact that we're about to spend like a minute on Giants wide receivers. It, I, I honestly feel like they don't deserve the airtime, but we're going to just talk real quick. Sterling Shepard dealing with a quad issue. He practiced on Thursday. He was listed as limited. Kenny Galladay dealing with rib issues. Also practiced on Thursday and was listed as limited. And Kadarius Tony is considered a poor bet to return for Sunday's game against the Chargers. So uh, you're talking about potentially quite a depleted Giants uh, receiving core being thrown to by an absolute garbage quarterback. So, <laughs> right. Get excited. Where, where's the Get popcorn? Excited, <laughs> Everybody settle in for a good show. Fire on up. Yeah, again, Chargers defense. But I did want to mention Shepard. Five of his last full games he's lasted between this year and, and last year, all of them been top 20 in PPR. But he also had Daniel Jones, which is bad in itself. But the fact that we're going It's, it's looking less running, and less bad. I it, it's say. significantly less bad. I jumped over and skipped by accident because we we're talking about Cooper, who I also consider, you know, Mike Williams, one in the same. But Julio Jones did practice on Thursday. We don't have an official whether he's going to be active or not, but he did get activated from that, that IR. So we have the 21-day window, similar to Chase Edmonds. It seems like he is trending towards being in because he practiced Wednesday, right back and fired up another practice in a row. So no setbacks. And without A.J. Brown facing a Jags team, fourth most points to wide receivers, I could see a Julio day. It's been, We've had one of them all year. Week two against the Seahawks, he had like 140 yards. He's overdue, baby. They have no one else to throw to. I think Julio could have himself a nice week, and he'd probably be in my lineups if I have him, and he's out there. He'd be in my lineups if I had him, but that's more a commentary on the state of my team than me <laughs> believing in Julio Jones. Yeah. I, I'm not – no, no, he's not. it's not going to happen. Um, Matt LaFleur, this is another – I love these quotes. Um, on Thursday, Matt LaFleur said that Randall Cobb will be out for a while and that he's dealing with a pretty significant injury. So let your imaginations run wild, people. <laughs> Very clear there. But it does seem like Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, who has 19 targets across his last two games, could be firing up for more increased run. Yes, he's a nightmare. He's boomer bust. But he does have a 22-point game across his last two. He had like nine the week before. So that's not horrible, Floor. If he's going to get nine and ten targets in back-to-back -back weeks, you see that consistently moving forward without Randall Cobb. He's, he's one of the better pickups, whatever Harold Mary's out there in league. Moving to tight ends, Darren Waller is still sidelined. He has not practiced since Thanksgiving. It does not seem like he's going to be in, which gives Foster Moreau. I know he didn't pan out too big last week, but he's one for two so far. And Darren Waller really hasn't been panning out all that much himself. So I think you know, Foster Moreau right back in that top 12, 13 range. If you're desperate for a streaming tight end, you can do a whole lot worse. And he's only 15% rostered right now. Ricky Seals-Jones, dealing with a hip issue, uh, was limited for Thursday's practice. Uh, if you need a tight end, you could you could do worse, but not much worse. He's the Wolves' tight end 20 this week. Yeah, I'm not huge on him given how pass uh, – they he was doing solid when they were just chucking it time and time again. They've become one of the most run-heavy teams 
over their last three weeks, leading the NFL in carries actually over that span. So I don't imagine Ricky Seals Jones has the quite the upside he was brimming with, but still a touchdown threat as a big body and athletic guy could do worse than him. But a guy I'd rather have is Austin Hooper, given that Harrison Bryant's ruled out David Njoku has COVID. Uh, so it's looking like the last man standing is Austin Hooper. He'll get some volume against right. giving up the third most points to tight ends. You could do worse than that if you're desperate for a tight end. I'd go of all these three guys we talked about some potential streams. I'd rank them Moreau and then Njoku and then Ricky Seals Jones. But you're you're really I mean, Moreau was unspeakably terrible last week. Yeah, he was. But all these guys are pretty unspeakably <laughs> terrible right. in general. So you know that, that's kind of what it leaves us with. All right, yeah. that's fair. All right, give us a like. We're about to move on to higher, lower, and Hail Mary, and we're doing that with like an hour to go potentially. We are just this, – this is a highly efficient, well-oiled yeah. machine of a podcast that you're witnessing right now, people. We already got 50 questions, which I love to see, sure. not even halfway through the show. We're gearing up for one of those epic Tuesday, uh, Thursdays, and I'm fucking here for it. We'll pack love it. We got 40 of you here. If you haven't already, consider hitting that thumbs up to help us continue to grow and get out to more people. And, of course, those subs as we approach that 2K, we're getting there each and every day. Yeah. Another four, another five. We're getting closer and closer. we only got a few weeks left. We'll pack. mean the world if you consider helping us hit that goal uh, before we close out 2021 here. Let's get on into this preview show, baby. All right. Higher. Tom Brady, quarterback, going against Buffalo. Man, I feel like we should talk about that Buffalo Patriots game at some point, but maybe we don't have time to do that. Um, you got him as your QB4, three spots above the experts. You also like Kirk Cousins against Pittsburgh. I don't know about that one. You got him as your QB10, two spots above the experts. Yeah, I always like to talk about the games that we have uh, on par for the night. If, if I like the players, just to give you guys, I know a lot of you guys are here wondering, should I sit or start some of these guys? And we'll start with Cousins because he is the one playing tonight. We have... That uh, that awful secondary, no Joe Hayden for the Steelers. They've been getting routinely roasted right now. Yeah. And I think Kirk Cousins, fresh off, you know, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. He's kind of cooking. I know real life-wise, he's – I would never want him as my quarterback. He just never seems to get it done when you need him. But fantasy-wise, he's been pretty damn solid over these last few weeks. 20, 22, 17, 25, 17, and 20. Like a 17-point floor with plus 20 and, and three of his last five. I'm all I'm all set with that. That's solid to me. His lowest performance has been the QB 13 across these last few games. And again, this banged up Pittsburgh secondary, he can certainly get it done with. I think, I mean, and this is more so about Justin Jefferson than anything. That guy is just a monster. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, all ships rise with him. I think Kirk Cousins, that Justin Jefferson could love this guy to high-end QB1 status this week. And then Tom Brady. The only reason I thought it was worth including him is I get a ton of questions about him so far this week. Um, so QB four up to QB four, my rankings, I think that game, yeah, yeah. Buffalo's defense, you know, the second hardest matchups for QBs, right? Well, they lost Radavius white. We really haven't seen that defense with, uh, without him because last week was against the Pats and we just pounded their ass. It was awesome. Loved that game so much. It was so much fun to watch. It but, was awesome. Um, yeah. It wasn't that we were texting the whole time. Just like old school, just. That was just a couple. It was grinders. such a whip oh. out your dick move from Belichick. It was awesome. Just whipped it out and just <laughs> chuckled in his face. McDermott crying after the game. We shouldn't give Belichick too much credit here. Shut them. Uh, we, we digress. You guys aren't here for my just absolutely uh, obnoxious Pat Patriots fanhood here. But I do think Brady, despite the quote-unquote tough matchup, that's when Brady's at his best. He'll find where you can dissect these guys with no Tredavious White. There's going to be some corner that's forced in there. And whether that's the guy guarding Scotty Miller or whoever it is, Brady will find it and he will pepper them religiously. So I, I think he's going to get it done. The fact that that offense should put up their own points, the Bills, after that embarrassing display, you know they'll come up fired out as well. I think this game's going to go for about 65, 70 total points at least. And that means Tom Brady has been doing his job and killing it. So no more questions about him, please. I'm getting like, and some of them are fair, like Brady versus Lamar, Brady versus Taysom. You know, guys that do have some upside, sure. It's Brady. It's Brady and it's Brady again. He's my QB. I actually have him at QB4 on this list. I'm bumping him ahead of Dak Prescott, ahead of Rodgers. I think that game is going to be a blast. And I think Brady's going to have a huge day as part of it. All right. Well, good news. We did get a super chat. Chris Dindia says, if you're going to twist my arm, send that gross IPA back, Wolfie. Also, oh. Christian Kirk or Manny Sanders. My receiver situation is in shambles. Not much else available to stream. It's true. Waiver. I, I only said it because I didn't think he was tuned in tonight. I thought he he's, was. He's I, I tuned in. Well, he's, he's here. This is going to be bad. I might have to run to the bathroom, Matt, after uh, this one. But we'll do our best. I, I do want to get rid of I mean, he's thing. giving you 10 bucks. 
Oh, cheers, man. All right, fine, fine. I expected like a two buck super chat. No, no, no. $10, $10, $10, come on. $10 for every percent that's going down into my body right now. Right. Thank you, Chris, for the support. It means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and good job. You looked like more like Tom Brady than Aaron Rodgers chugging that. Oh <laughs> now you look like Aaron Rodgers even more. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> Don't speak too soon until right. it comes up on my laptop and the show ends uh, right here. Oh, gonna, I'll man. do a little improv. All right. Anyway, lower. We're just going to get right back into things and uh, pretend so that didn't Chris, happen. Christian Kirk, uh, let's answer that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Answer his question. He yeah. Christian Kirk or Manny Sanders. Thanks again for the support, Christopher. Uh, I'm going to go Christian Kirk. They're both very boomer bust. Um, but Manny Sanders really has done nothing across six straight weeks. Seems to me like he's been completely phased out at this point. You got the Monday night hope factor with Christian. I know this is fucking going to, this is going <laughs> to come just up. Like, <laughs> this is going to come up. You look like um, you have the sweats. Yeah. I'm swallowing <laughs> it back every second here. Uh, but I'm not letting that cloud my, my judgment here. I do think Christian Kirk, yes, they're both boomer bust, but I think he's due that, that game against the uh, the Monday Night Hope Factor, you like that. And also Jalen Ramsey, you know he's going to be locked on to DeAndre Hopkins. Those two always love to battle against each other, and that will leave some secondary coverage for, for Christian Kirk. So I personally go Kirk. I can't go back to Manny Sanders no. after how bad he's been these last few weeks. You feel any differently, Truth? No, I agree completely. <sighs> right, thanks again, go. Chris. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, lower. Oh. Lamar, right. we talked about Lamar a little bit, going at Cleveland, QB7, three below the experts. Also, Pat Mahomes against Vegas, QB8, two below the experts. Ah, oh, man. All right. Getting back to my place here. <laughs> All righty. Lamar Jackson, uh, just to reiterate what this guy has been doing these last few weeks, 16, 13, and 19, QB10, 17, 11. Now, yes, those aren't horrendous numbers, 10 and 11, you know, 17. They're okay, but he's routinely ranked in the top four quarterbacks. And at this point, I don't buy it. I'm not seeing it. It's just judged by your eyeballs. He doesn't look good at all. And garbage time has really saved his ass these last couple of weeks too. He had like 10 points going into the last drive. And then he had some nice scrambles and did some damage in the last drive. But if you ended that game, if like one turnover happened, he would have probably been the QB 25. And this is like, nobody would have him in their top four anymore. So I, I am worried about him. He has not looked that good at all. He had 13 points the last time he faced Cleveland. They seem to know how to defend him. The NFL seems to be figuring out this guy out. Uh, as soon as I'm down on him, I'm sure he's going to get like 34 plus. But I've been down on him the past couple of weeks and it's panned out. So if you're on the fence of like Lamar or another fringe QB1, if you're thinking Taysom or Lamar, you might want to go with the guy facing the Jets at this cool. point. That's where I'm kind of leaning. Um, yeah, I I'm lower on him. And then Pat Mahomes. I just want to keep bringing this one up. The only good game he's had, this is the one risk with ranking him low. Of his last six games, he's had one good game, and it was against yeah, the Raiders. It was, and it was a huge game. And it was 36 points. So this is the team he had his one good game in the last six weeks. But again, one good game in the last six weeks. 9, 15, 10, 36, 9, 14. Outside of your top 17 quarterbacks and all but that one explosion. He was the QB1 that week. Again, came against the Raiders. So could he blow up? Of course he could. But man, he has been bad. We actually, Michael Schneider was talking to me on uh, one of our shows. He said he he hate cut Mahomes at one point, and his team has been like five and zero oh since. So he got the, the presence out of his locker room. Wow, and his team's been killing it. Uh, ballsy move to cut Mahomes, Hot by take. the way. But it's panned out for the guy. So yeah, I, I'm lower on Mahomes. I'm lower on Lamar. If you have a Taysom Hill, I would go him over these guys. Well, we're going to talk about Taysom Hill. We don't need to talk to him too much because we've already talked about him a lot. Yeah. But he's your number one Hail Mary guy. Doesn't technically count. You've got him as your QB9. He's 45% rostered, so he's not exactly a Hail Mary. But the upside is clear. The argument is a, a good one. You also kind of like Cam Newton going against the Falcons, 31% owned. And Big Ben against Minnesota, 22% owned. I mean, okay. <laughs> we'll start with the grossest one there, Big Ben. Uh, they did seem to get clicking towards the end. Those last couple drives for Ben, they they went a little bit, they call it the quote-unquote muddle huddle, and he was orchestrating the offense like it was Big Ben of old. And <laughs> very loosely, not Big Ben that can move around the pocket and and dodge defenders. No, that Big Ben is long gone. No, uh, but he, he, was throw, he threw a couple nice balls. He had a great pass to Deontay uh, numerous occasions, and, and that's part of it too. He's got such good weapons that – this guy, at any given moment, his receivers can do so much damage that they lift him up. Just like we were talking about Kirk Cousins and Jefferson, just lifting him and vaulting him to a, an elite QB1 these last few weeks. That can happen with uh, the weapons that Big Ben has. 
Minnesota's giving up the most points to wide receivers, the ninth most points to QBs. I think Big Ben is tonight. If you're desperate for a stream, could truly get it done as they talk about getting more muddle huddle going. Uh, it, the kind of the farewell tour for Big Ben it seems to me like they're going to just f- throw it till the the arm falls off, and it might fall off quickly given how horrendous he is. But man, could be solid. I would of course prefer Cam Newton, and that's kind of crazy. Five of twenty-one with one of the worst. We talked about one, of, one of the worst football games I've ever seen a quarterback play. Really, it was. couldn't be much worse. But I will say this: Miami, since their their bye, is first in interceptions and second in sacks. That defense truly has turned it around. Um, no quarterback has done anything against them. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Miami's defense is great, and at the same time, has anyone put up a stat line like that against them? No, no. <laughs> no. I mean, he's been, like you can say, oh, they've been great. But in fairness, he's been the worst guy that has gone against them for sure. There's like, no, no question. No question about that. That was it, the worst, probably the worst quarterback performance we'll see all year. Uh, well, sure. and enter Mike Glennon. Hold my beer. He's coming in this Sunday. Right, or right. Here we go. Or whoever's playing we go. for the Giants. We All can right. talk that. But still, the, the leg points, that's why you're playing him, just like you're playing Taysom Hill. He's facing Atlanta, the second most points to QBs. I think he can get right back on track. Don't forget, just two weeks ago, Cam Newton did have 26 against Washington, who's been playing better defense as of late. I think he could definitely go for 25-plus scoring you a touchdown or two on the ground, throwing one or two to DJ Moore, whoever. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yes, but that, that, that I'm puking, whether it's the IPA, whether it's talking about Cam Newton having a big day, something's going to come up. But still, I do think Cam Newton could have himself a solid day uh, if you're looking for a streamer. But Big Ben, if he's not out there, could also have a good night tonight. couple must-watches, Justin Fields' return. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm, – I'm, it's a must-watch. You're right, but it's kind of like watching a car crash. A train wreck, like, yeah, exactly. It's like watching like a NASCAR or like – IndyCar Formula One race where it's like you're watching, but you're kind of secretly hoping that it's going to be a train. You know what you want. (laughs) Um, Right. And also you got Russell Wilson ascending. Well, he can't descend much. Uh, So, yeah, sure. I suppose the only way to go is up for this guy right now. (laughs) And also the Stafford-Murray shootout. I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I I just don't think it's going to be the shootout that it could be. I, I would love nothing more. I just don't see it happening. You're really down on these Rams, huh? Well, I mean, the the Rams, if you recall, when the Rams first hit a real speed bump this year, it's when they played the Cardinals. And they, they really got beat up on it. It kind of exposed them. It was a precursor into stuff that was coming. I haven't loved what I've seen from the Rams, to be honest. Like, their defense, I think their defense will contribute to this being a shootout because their defense sucks balls. But, um, yeah, Stafford, I think Stafford's hurt. I think he's been hurt for like a month. I think it's going to be one of those things where at the end of the year, like he reveals he has like broken ribs or a a cracked throwing hand or something like that. He doesn't look right to me. Um, And I haven't loved their game plan, to be honest. I actually feel like they're going to cup too little. I mean, he's such a straw. He really is. They're going to him at the end. They're not even really doing anything in the first half with him. I feel like they're trying to force balls into OBJ and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I honestly have I, I'm a little bit more bullish on the, the Rams keeping this competitive. I, I think I right. always just have visions of I don't know if you remember it back in the day when like the Chiefs and Rams had that Monday night oh, game yeah. where it was like that was one of the best fucking random Monday it was nights. Amazing. Of all time, right? And think about how crazy it was that Jared Goff was one half of that shootout. Exactly, right? It, it, Goff had six times. It was insane. That game, and I just always think like, could we get that again? And we've had That'd some awesome. of those games before. Uh, and and I'm, th- I'm hoping that's what happens. But I think that's why this is much watched too, is like, can Stafford keep, you know, go on the gas pedal? Because I, I think at this point, there's no doubt Murray's going to put up his points. Like that's going to happen, uh, given how good he looked. I, I'm intrigued to see how Stafford looks. Is he healthy? Can he play through whatever yeah. these injuries are? Can he keep pace with the big boys in the NFL right now? It's easy to use the punching bag of the Jags and have a good game. Can you do it against a legit team right now? And then Russell Wilson, you know, it, the opposite end of that is Russell Wilson gets a punching bag. Houston, can he use that to vault himself back into QB1 range? He does have 19 and 18 no. in his last couple of games. He's been a fringe QB1. As bad as it's kind of looked as a if you watch the games, he's actually put up okay stats. And even last week, he had one drop pass that turned into an interception that like his stats would have been that much better if that hadn't have happened. So it looked to me like he is finally getting right. And this could be one of those games where Russ just has like five touchdowns and goes nuts. I don't know. It, it could, happen. but when it's 10-6, like halfway through the fourth quarter, you're going to be like, yeah, I, yeah, I shouldn't have. <laughs> it really could as well. Very, very possible right. as well.
We'll All right, running backs. backs. Chuba Hubbard going against Atlanta. You got him as your RB19, six spots above the experts. You also like J.D. McKissick more than the experts. You got him at 30. The experts actually had him at 40, so that's a pretty big leap. Yeah, uh, so it's pretty efficient running back rankings here too, so I kind of had to dig deep. I actually want to add instead, I'm, I'm, I'm much higher on James Conner in my last run of rankings. I'm plus five on him, so people are starting to rank him more in the fringe like RB2 range, like running back 14, so probably still a starter. I have him right there in the top 10, though. I know Chase Edmonds might play, but even still, I think James Conner is going to be a beast with or without him, as we talked about on the usage show, 14 touchdowns on the season, hasn't been below 12 points in six straight games. Uh, He's been a top 20 running back for all six of those games, so I have no doubt he's going to be right there in your top 10, which he's been in four of the last five weeks. So I have no doubt that will continue to roll for James Conner. I'm definitely higher on him. I actually feel good about that. The other ones, you know, Chuba Hubbard is more so, I, I know I'm not ultimately that high on him rest of season because they get the Bills, they get the Bucks, and I don't think this those are going to be Chuba Hubbard games. But Atlanta, as bad that defense is so bad that I think they'll have every opportunity to completely pound it out with Hubbard. They fired Joe Brady. I, I think he's still going to get a, himself a good job and really flourish somewhere. Matt Rule's an old school, like wants to, he even said it when he fired him, I want to run the ball 30 times a game. Well, who are you going to do that with at this point? It's not Amir Abdullah. You might use him in the passing game, but Chuba Hubbard is certainly your main hammer. And the Atlanta, that's the one matchup left on the schedule where I think it could lend itself to hammering. The last time they faced off, he had 24 carries. He had about 18 fantasy points. No problem ranking him right inside my top 20. I got a lot of questions on him and said starts and almost always tell you guys to play Chuba. I think he's a great play. And McKissick, I think that's just going to be a game script where he gets a lot of work underneath. And that's why I'm lower and transitioning yeah. to lower on Antonio Gibson. <laughs> right. Your counterpart on that in that backfield, Antonio Gibson, you actually have your RB10. And that's four below the experts. They actually like him up at six. Also, James Robinson at the Titans. You got him as your RB24, five below the experts. You also are a little bit down on Jamal Williams going against Denver. RB26, four uh, spots below the experts. Yep. And Gibson... Ultimately, it's it's just a matter of, I think, game flow. He is still a little bit susceptible to that. Now, this is risky given the fact he's seen 24, 19, 29, and 23 carries since the bye week. And he's looked damn good doing it. This is of his last four weeks. Very solid. But this is me banking on the fact that Dallas has a great offense and that they get up early. And then that does not bode well for Gibson, who has been game script dependent. And maybe they do play him on more passing downs as they have been across these last few few games. But Dallas, for all their you know faults, they're actually a very strong run. He's certainly with Demarcus Lawrence back. I don't know. In my gut, like, you know, in those multiple 20-point days, 21-8-2020, I think this is going to more resemble that eight-point day he had against Carolina than it will those 20-point days he's had in those other three weeks. Then James Robinson, I mean, it's just more so Urban Meyer, right? He is so hesitant. Maybe this is a squeaky wheel situation because you even have like Trevor Lawrence at this yeah, point. He said like James Robinson needs to be on here getting the rock. So I, it could be a squeaky wheel situation and Robinson goes off and has himself a monster day. I don't know that I want to bank on that though. 11, 11, and then two in his last three games, 16, 21, 56 running back ranking uh, in those performances and the fumbling concerns, Tennessee though, pass funnel defense as well. Like they've been, very solid against running backs, bottom seven in terms of points allowed there. And then they were ge- very generous to wide receivers. And ultimately, they're going to probably have to abandon the run quickly because they just suck the Jack- Jacksonville Jags. So sure. I just, he feels no good. I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't feel good to me. My gut doesn't feel good about James Robinson. And then Jamal Williams, we talked about this on the usage show. He weirdly ran less routes than Godwin I, Ganuba, I don't know how to say his name, uh, type of guy. Don't worry about and, it. And exactly. And now you're facing Denver. So when you get the early down work against a beatable defense like Minnesota, you can do okay. He racked up like eight to nine points, but now you get a tough run D and then you don't see the receiving work at all. I could see him having himself like a four or five point complete dud. And he's ranked there as like a very startable RB two. I'm sitting here saying he's very fringe RB two. And there's a lot of options I have above him. Hail Marys. A lot of these are grouped together because these are stash and C's. Jeff Wilson, 20%. Jamichael Hasty, 18%. Uh, both obviously contingent on Elijah Mitchell, which is leaning towards a not play. Also, Khalil Herbert, 25%. Interesting. Uh, and Amir Abdullah, who you did touch on already, going against that terrible Atlanta defense, only 10% rostered. Yeah, so all three of those first, the, the first three names, Hasty, Wilson, and 
Uh, Herbert are all just stash and sees if the starter is going to be out. It does look like Montgomery practiced today, despite dealing with three separate injuries at this point. He's more so, even if Montgomery's playing, I'd like to have Herbert stash because one, the Bears have nothing to play for. If if this injury worsens at all and they have any risk of like long-term damage to Montgomery, you got to imagine they'll shut him down given how much of a key cog he is to their future. And sure. we've seen Herbert thrive whenever used extensively. In fact, having 100 yards against Tampa Bay shows you how talented this kid can be. And they have three bottom 10 matchups, three easy-as-cake matchups uh, following that this week in your fantasy plays. This, this week is a little bit trickier, but then they have the, the Vikings – Joke defense. Then they get, uh, hold on, I'm just pulling it up real quickly. I know it's the Vikings, the bottom 12 defense. Then you got the Giants, eighth most points allowed to the uh, running backs. And Seahawks, the second most points allowed to running backs. So very easy schedule. We've talked about David Montgomery being a league winner because of the schedule. Well, should he ever get shut down? Should he worsen his injuries this weekend? Khalil Herbert would be that league winner. So he's the most intriguing stash, in my opinion. Hasty might be the most immediately usable stash, given that Wilson's knees flaring up, that Elijah Mitchell is concussed. Uh, so I uh, a top uh, 13 matchup, the 13th most points allowed by Cincinnati. I could see Hasty having himself, you know, 15 to 20 touches and having himself a decent day this week if he should be the main guy. So definitely a worthwhile one-week plug-in and hold here, even though I like Herbert more long-term. But if neither of those guys end up panning out because everyone else around him is in, I do think Amir Abdullah could have himself a solid day. I like Chuba. I already talked about, I think, 20-plus carries is coming in a, a top-five matchup. But that doesn't mean Abdullah might not catch a receiving score or have five receptions in this game. Um, he's been running far more routes than Chuba. I think it's 33 since he joined compared to 13 for Chuba. It's definitely a far more engaged receiving role. So I could see four to five PPR just reception points there. How much damage does he does? Does one of those turn into a touchdown? Decent Hail Mary, in my opinion, for sure, as 14% roster. Must watch is the Tennessee backfield going against the Jags. Interesting, could be. Um, also, Josh Jacobs assuming the role as the total lead horse uh, due to injuries of Drake and, and other things. Uh, also, Javante Williams, we going to see a takeover. Is it going to be right back to a running back by committee? Melvin Gordon says he's going to play, so we'll see. And also the Rams, after Sony Michelle had a big game, they're going to ride that horse. They're going to go back to Henderson. We're going to see a uh, committee. What's going to happen, you know? We don't know, and we will find out for sure. But Tennessee, I think a league winner could emerge from that backfield, but now that McNichols is back healthy, how does that impact everything? We will see. How good has Josh Jacobs been a feature role? He's been a top eight running back in the back-to-back weeks. I think that can continue to roll the rest of the season. Ken Javante, did that performance earn him a 70% work share, or is this right back into the gross committee that we all dread? And last but not least, what is Sony's big game? What do McVay's comments mean? We don't know, but we'll find out on Monday night what this backfield will look like moving forward. It's crucial to watch. All right, we're moving to wide receivers. We got 40 minutes before kickoff, probably something like that. So we'll be able to get through these pretty quick and hopefully get answering all your questions. We know a lot of questions, questions always, baby. I love to questions see always go come in once we start answering them. So we know we're going to get more than whatever we got. So wide receivers, Hunter Renfro, we talked about him at length on Monday, about how he's just better than people think. Um, going at KC, wide receiver 17, three above the experts. Julio, if in, we actually talked about him in the injury report and why you might like him. Going against the Jags, wide receiver 37, seven above the experts. And then Cole Beasley also in play against Tampa Bay. Yeah, just to like help paint how high I am on Renfro, above Marquise Brown, above Elijah Moore, above DJ Moore, above Mike Williams, above Amari Cooper, above DK Metcalf. We'll talk about it a little bit. How crazy is that? that if you put a picture side by side of, Hunter Renfro, and then DK Metcalf, like shirtless, preferably. <laughs> and you told me which one of these guys is dominating the NFL right now and which one has been a complete nobody. It'd blow your mind that Renfro is the guy that's absolutely lighting the league on fire. 14, 14, stud. 6. Yeah, isn't that insane that? It's just fucking, uh, I can't get over it. Top 14 wide receiver in four of his last five games since the bye week. With with uh, Waller out, he's got all that much more upside in terms of touchdowns, it just it doesn't get better. 14, 14, 6, 18, and 15 points. So steady, so consistent. I might even bump him. I have Jamar Chase one spot above. I actually think you're low on Renfro, I'm just going to say. And not not much low, but I'd probably like him even more than you do. Like more than Chase, more than Lockett, yeah. maybe more than Higgins yeah. and McLaurin. Like, honestly. like I put more- him right around Higgins. Yeah, honestly. like He's that good. Of all those guys I just said, I would guarantee that Renfro has a nice day. It, like, any one of those other guys, even McLaurin, 
could be a big bust. Whereas Renfro, you know, you're going to get 14 points. He might get you 20. Uh, he's just unbelievable, underrated. And we get so many questions about him every week. It's like, come on now. Have we not seen it yet? The guy's a stud. He's going to go down as one of the best pickups of the year. No doubt about it. And then Julio Jones, fourth most points allowed by the Jags. Uh, and there's no one else to throw to as long as he's out there. So I think this guy could have a Julio day of all days. Last but not least, Cole Beasley is facing Tampa Bay. Nobody runs more zone pass coverage than Tampa Bay. And nobody kills zones quite like Cole Beasley. I think it's over 40% of his production this year has come against zone coverage. And then you look at like the games where there's, it's very like Cole Beasley has one catch in three yards or he has nine catches for 110. And all those games that are monsters have come against very zone heavy teams yeah. and against yeah. teams that put up points and they need to throw the ball and keep it under. The script is the definition of a Cole Beasley script. So I think he could have himself a very solid day. And I would definitely be starting him this week if he's in the sit start question. Sure. Speaking of receivers that we were higher on, remember when we did our quarter one award show and we were talking yeah. about what receiver is going to be number one? And Cop was number one, and we both were like, "Well, he's not going to finish the year number one." We were just like, "We were both like, oh, that's not going to happen." I mean, he's easily going to finish the year number one. It's not even going to be close. No, so quite quite a season from that guy. Okay. Uh, lo- lower Jamar Chase. We just talked about him going against the Chargers. You got him at seventeen nine below the, the experts. Have him at eight. What? Yeah. DK Metcalf at Houston. Um, you got him at 12. That's 11 below the – wait, the experts have him at number one? Uh, no, oh, they, the experts have him at 12. I've done this a couple times the last few weeks. The experts have him at 12, and I have him at 23. Okay. <laughs> 12's crazy. One would be crazier, but 12's crazy. Yes. Also, Mooney going at the Packers, wide receiver 27, seven below the experts. Who knows if that's actually the rank or if that's just what the Wolf incorrectly wrote on the sheet. The point is the Wolf likes him less than the experts do. Yes, he's he's the wide receiver 21 in rankings, and I am significantly lower one because Justin Fields is the quarterback, and we know the passing game upside. Bring somehow, back the Red Rocket. Yeah, exactly. Somehow the Red Rocket is the one that you'd want at quarterback than uh, Justin Fields. Mooney had like one good game with Justin Fields across all their starts together. He had three straight good ones with the, the Red Rocket. So I am nervous about a big regression, especially given Green Bay secondary, even without Jair Alexander, has been one of the best units in the league. I think Darnell Mooney, who did have a dud week last week, it was bad weather, uh, but we already saw the kind of bust potential rear its ugly head. I think we're getting another bust week. He is just a fringe starter, in my opinion, whereas he's ranked as almost like a must start by the experts here. DK, it'll be nice to see it. And I'm kind of in like, wait till I see it mode. Four, five, two, and nine points across his last four games. If there's ever a get right spot, it is Houston. I mean, they are just abysmal against every position. But I, I think that foot injury, that's kind of what's emerging this week on Twitter, that there is a foot injury that I think a lot of us are overlooking because of how crucial a foot is for a wide receiver. Pushing off it, running your routes, jumping and leaping, all the things that he does so well might be significantly impacted right now. So DK mm-hmm. is certainly riskier. It seems like Lockett's become the clear number one these last few weeks. Famous last words. Here comes one twenty. still nothing to be like too proud of. No, exactly. Number one in the Seattle offense, right? Who cares? And and then Chase, I mean, talk about a guy that started hot, was averaging nearly 20 fantasy points per game across his first five weeks. He hasn't topped. I, I think he's under 13 fantasy points in all of his last seven games except one. And he's ranked ahead of T. Higgins, who's clearly taking over right now as the number one. Could it flip on any given week? So yeah, 12, 6, 12, 5, and 8 across his last five games. That's garbage. He had 30 the week before that. So I mean, that's that's the rub. And you're not benching Chase. And Except I do have a league where I have T. Higgins and Chase and, and good receivers around them. It's tough to push them, put them both in there. I'm going to play Higgins over Jamar Chase right now. Um, but yeah, 27, 48, 27, 53, 37 these last few weeks. And he keeps getting ranked top 10 week in and week out. Because he is so damn talented, because he can have 30 points on any given week on just one play. But it just goes to show that dropped 60-yard touchdown that turned into an interception. Like, he's not without his – he's had his drop issues. No receiver has more dropped yardage right now. Over 120 yards through just air yards have been dropped by Jamar Chase. Never mind what he would have done after the catch here. So, he's as good as it can be. He's a great receiver, but he also has some of the, the more questionable hands right now in the NFL too, which was kind of the, the knock on him coming into the year. It's it's come to fruition in a deadly fashion. So you'd have to have a really good team to bench him, but still it's like, why is he still top 10 in everybody's rankings? The guy hasn't been there 
for five straight weeks. He hasn't even been close for five straight weeks. All right, we got to we got to speed up a little bit. We got to finish this well before eight to make this late start uh, or early start worthwhile. The must watches, obviously, Justin Jefferson. Um, we talked about the Chargers wide receivers a bunch. We talked about just now the battle uh, for the Bengals receivers between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and then we actually just talked about DK Metcalf. Agree, they're all must watches, but we've actually covered all those uh, pretty recently. So yeah, let's I don't to, know that we have to, to keep going on with that. More so just, again, keep those chargers on your radar. Keep Jalen Guyton's stash right now in terms of like anything actionable from those must-watches. I would have some chargers stashed on my bench. And then just let's let's get K.J. Osborne in the lineup tonight, folks. I think, you know, if you have any type of question, there's a good chance I'm going to be wanting K.J. Osborne over whoever you're asking me. Going into the tight ends, give us a like if you haven't already. Tyler Conklin going against the Steelers. Tight end nine, two above the experts. As always, you're up on Gronk and on Knox, but we repeat ourselves on this. We talked about the Conklin uh, interest and why Adam Thielen out, so obviously that's going to improve his target share at least a little bit. Yep, exactly. Nine targets last time out with Adam Thielen. Just barely missed a touchdown to have an elite day. I think he could find the end zone against this Pittsburgh team that's been fairly good against the tight ends, but still nothing overly huge. Um, And then the other guys, Gronk, like how is he not top three by everybody? I don't get it. He's the number three tight end. He's number two tight end in points per game every single week. Number one, depending on your scoring formats. The guy's just a monster. He looks as good as he's ever looked, cementing himself as the number one tight end to ever play this game. I love him. I think Knox is due. I know a lot of people nervous because he had that awful game on Monday Night Football. I'm giving pretty much everyone in that offense a pass, given that weather, given how bad that was. And I think Knox gets right back into one maybe two touchdown territory uh, against your, your Tampa Bay Bucks. They're giving the six most points to the position. I'm not giving Devin Singletary a pass because he basically put up the same numbers that he would have put up if it wasn't snowing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> lower Kyle Pitts going at uh, Carolina tight end 10, three below the experts and a guy that has disappointed me all season, Tyler Higby playing against the Cardinals tight end 18, five below the experts. Yeah. Bag of shit. Tyler Higby. Nobody has a more prominent role. Like he's in there for every snap running almost every route, seeing about, you know, six, 10, five, five targets, not bad work. And what has he done with that? Six, seven, four, eight, 10, one, seven, one double digit game in his last 10 efforts. That's, that's bad. That is not good. He has one top 12 game in that span. It's bad. It's as good of an offense as you could ask for, and he's not doing well within it. And Arizona shuts down tight ends as good as any team. They lock down with Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, Higby, just not into it at all. I'm not waiting out Monday night for him. He's my tight end 18, multiple spots below the ECR there. Um, And then, as you were mentioning, a little bit lower on Pitts. I I think I have him here every week, and it doesn't fail me, ever. I'm always four to five spots below. Um, Carolina, good against the position, good on defense in general. Two eight eight four four seven for Kyle Pitts across his last six games. One Not top twelve finish. Why? Uh, yeah. Why do we keep ranking him there? I, I don't well, get it. We, well, we don't. But no, we don't. Do. <laughs> exactly. Um, Foster Moreau talked about him and the potential absence of Darren Waller going against Kansas City. He's fifteen percent owned. Might be worth a hail mary. Also, Donald Parnum. We love Parnum. We love going deep. I've actually seen him play a couple good games. And he is 1% owned. And if COVID remains a lingering factor for the Chargers, maybe you pounce on this guy. Yeah. I, I mean, Moreau would be my first option. Even though he didn't have a big day, he was in there on almost all the snaps. And and two of you know, he's had two games. One of them, he had went 6-16 a touchdown. Coin clip maybe has a big day against a Chiefs team that is bottom seven against the tight end position. I think he could get it going again. And then, yeah, Parham is a, a huge body, 6-6 in the red zone. And I think Jared Cook would get a nice bump up if these guys are out. But I also think Parham, they might run more two, at, two tight end sets. We might see like a 70% type of workload for this guy. In more time he's in there, more time for this playmaker to do his thing. He's a great red zone body. He's very athletic after the catch. I could see him having a big day should all these receivers be out. You must watch as you just talked about Cook if the wide receivers are out. And also we talked about Dawson Knox after a pretty lousy Monday Night Football that you gave him a pass for. So that's going to wrap up the tight ends. And that's yep. going to send us spiraling directly into the mailbag. That gets through us all. 10, 15 minutes earlier, did make a difference, Truth. We got through yeah, everybody like fairly comfortably tonight. Yeah, <laughs> fairly comfortably being a big sprint at the end, as it always is. A lot of questions, though. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. You guys are the best, Wolfpack. Thank you so much for seeking out our opinion. On your way out here, if you haven't already, hit that thumbs up button. 
would mean the world would be so yeah. appreciated. So thank you guys for spending your time. Please consider hitting that thumbs up. So a ton of new names here. If you liked what you heard and you haven't already, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell uh, to support the site, to continue to help us to grow. Um, RotorStreetJournal.com is our home base. We home base. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. I think that's everything. And, that's and Omar, I love our legend, Omar. Good to see you, brother. Thanks, uh, in a world full of fantasy sheep. And thank you again, Dindia, for your support tonight with a super chat. Delicious 10% IPA down the hatch. <laughs> in a world full of fantasy sheep, guys. Be that wolf. Later, guys. But now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. And take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show. Old-fashioned football right there, folks.